1: Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. Bonjour, je suis français. Et cet épisode, c'est, episode, c'est de l'eau en France. Je sais plutôt bien.
2: Je suis français et cet épisode se déroule en France et c'est plutôt bien. Hello, well, I am French and this episode is set in France and it's pretty good.
1: <laughs> so it wasn't like the episode name or anything. Mm. Just this no. is set in France. <laughs> the episode name is The Girl in the Fireplace and it is indeed set in France. So. Do we have any French listeners? Uh, maybe. Do we? <laughs> we don't know that information. No. Even if, we, if do, we have no listeners in France, we could still have French listeners. French, lis- French people are allowed to live outside of France, Lawrence. I know you <laughs> massively disagree with that. but No, that's not true. It is. It is possible. I would argue that the majority of French people are in France right now. Well, that's that's if probably... If you're happy making that claim, then so be it. Is that a bad claim to make? I feel like that's probably I, accurate. I don't know where the French people live. They can live wherever they want. I'm not I'm not am not saying they can't. I'm just saying it's likely that they are mostly in France. Seems like you want to put them in a box and lock them. No, box I don't want to put in it in a box. So Pandora's French box. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. How many how many episodes into season 2 are we now? 4. 4. It feels like more. Uh no, it's not. Maybe it feels more because the chemistry is good. That I mean the chemistry is good. I've got <laughs> I've got notes about where we where we open up um, because right. I, I I completely actually did forget that Mickey was part of the team again. Now <laughs> <laughs> you were you were very vocal about it last week. You had a lot of thoughts about the exact si- about the exact situation. Yeah, but then I f- I forgot. Like I I have a obviously I've seen this episode multiple times before, and I just had a memory of it in my mind, and it didn't involve Mickey. Really. Yeah, and, and to be fair, it didn't really involve Rose all that much because they're, they're not they're not the meat of the story this time round. Because the doctor's no, no got really. another companion today. So what's your nose on the opening then? No, just that I completely forgot that Mickey was here and then Mickey oh. was there and I went, Oh Mickey's here, yeah, I forgot. Uh, okay. Well that's is not this great. Is it Is it the first uh we got some cowboys in here from ten? It is, yes. It is. And possibly the last Well he, he does it twice in the episode. Yes. Um possibly the last time it appears. Is it? Um okay, I don't want to say for certain, but I don't think it comes up all that much. I, I know it's I know it has more like cultural significance than it was set. Like it wasn't it's not Alon Z, it's not Bow ties are Cool. No. But I'm I'm sure it comes up again. It it does come up again, but not with the 10th Doctor. Who who says it after? Matt Smith says it in his first episode. Yeah. He's scanning Amelia Pond's wall, and he's like, "You've mm. he had some cowboys in here." And both episodes were written by the same bloke. Is that maybe where I know it from? Is it not a ten quote like I thought it was? No, it is definitely a ten quote, and he was still saying it because he'd just been ten ten minutes ago. So that makes sense. But now that I'm remembering it, of... it's because he is running around Amy Pond's or Amelia Pond's house. Yeah. That's where I remember it from. Oh, that's really thrown me off now. This is the first moment I've experienced the doctor as two different people for me. <laughs> really? We did a whole episode on the regeneration. <laughs> no, but like in <laughs> the sense of I, I I could have sworn that was ten. Like as in Well, it is ten. No, but I could have sworn I, I remembered it from ten. But I didn't. My memory you're right, you've triggered it as in it's it was Matt Smith that I was remembering. Okay. Because the one I thought that Ten mentioned later on was the Matt Smith one I was thinking. This is for no one, but, yeah, but this, this is, is just is me having a breakdown slowly, slowly about it. This is horrible content, really. Um, uh, yeah, um, one of the best episodes of Doctor Who ever. Do you think? Yeah, 100%. Banger, of... all-round banger. Last week you were saying that fucking piece of shit was the best one, but... Piece of shit, come on. No, that, that was me being, being colourful. Um, but, but this is this is a banger this is a real banger this is a banger um i don't know if i like it as much as everyone else does but i don't have a reason for it i just think there's parts of it were a a bit like i don't know i I feel like people's i don't i don't want to say it's like i don't like it because i do but i it just doesn't hold that much of a banger status for me who hurt you No, no one. But I'm thinking. No, no. I'm no. I'm not having this because last last week was way more fun, and that was the banger for me. I would say, who hurt you? Because you like a love story gone wrong in France. Yes, banger. (laughs) (laughs) Last week was such a nothing episode. Oh, give off. It was. It had everything Doctor Who should have had: great villains, great concepts, good stuff. I I don't know about the great villains, but right, great Anthony Head. yeah, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Fuck's sake All right. Why is this a banger? What? What? What's? What? What solidifies this as banger status for you? The story. It's so good. It's. Yeah. It's great from start to finish. It's a fucking tragic love story, um, in Doctor Who, which is something quite unexpected. Um, a self-contained tragic love story in forty-five minutes. It's really good. Really well done. I do think that that is an interesting element of it. I don't. Necessarily know if I believe the love all that much. It seems a bit. They snog to set it up, and then the doctor's like, "You're not. You're alright. You." It doesn't feel love. Oh, you're being very. Ah, uh, he's not just like. Wow. Okay. Oh, he is a bit like that. He's not. <laughs> he's like. He's like. Oh, I just. I just snogged there. Woo! And then that's going in more, the fireplace. That's more. That's more because of. He realizes who it is, as in the historical significance of the person. Yeah, like when everyone says, "Like, would you fuck? Would you fuck the queen for a million? Yeah, exactly. That wasn't me answering that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so you hate this? Why? No, I don't hate it. I just think it, like there's... What everyone seems to love it, and I think it's a good. It's a good, and it's a well-written episode, and it's well-made. There's, there's, there's so why good don't you performances. Like it? it's, it's, look. It's not that I don't like it. I just if I was going to watch Doctor Who, this is probably wouldn't be one that I would put on. I probably wouldn't ever put this on and go like, whoa, banger. I prefer a bit more cheese, a bit more silliness to my Doctor Who. I love the cheese and silliness as well. But then I think the beauty of Doctor Who is that you can have the the cheese and the silliness, but then you can also get a girl in the fireplace or Waters of Mars or Vincent and the Doctor, a mm. um, Heaven Sent, these stand out, pristine... Fucking should be critically, critically acclaimed, award-winning episodes. Yeah, and I look—I don't disagree. I just think this is maybe this doesn't land for me as much. But we, we'll figure out why because I'm not entirely certain myself. I just know that when I finished watching it, I was like, "Yeah, that's good." But like, knowing it's heralded as one of the greats, I was like, oh, "All right, fine." Well, it sounds like you hate me and you're attacking me personally by saying this. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, that's part so, of it. That, um, that's how I'm going to take it. So they land the TARDIS, they're in a spaceship, um, a spaceship that's kind of stalled in the air, hasn't moved in a year, um, and the ship is generating enough power, which I believe drew the TARDIS to the ship, um, it's generating enough power to punch several holes through the universe, creating what the Doctor calls magic doors. Um, which is agreed reading that off a wiki page. No, I, ju- I just wrote it down because I was oh, okay. <laughs> I remembered last week when we were like, let's let's go through this article and then it took us like five hours to get to the main bulk of the episode. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just get the premise out of the way. Um I really, really, really like the premise. I love the idea of like how this works, like the the holes in the world because they're like trying to find the perfect moment to take this poor woman's brain out. Yeah. And put it in a ship that was like named in her honor. Well, <laughs> like, no, just... Don't don't spoil it. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, no, sorry everyone. The episode's only what eighteen years old. You said last week, seventeen actually. That was a mistake on my part. Seventeen. Ah, a retraction. Um <laughs> Not really. What I do, just yeah. Misspelled. What do you make about the of the the concept? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's definitely really interesting, and again leads me to why I enjoy the episode and leads to the tragedy of it. The the fact that the you know, just it happenstance that the ship is named, you know, the SS Madame de Pompadour and because of that the ship's computer intelligence, whatever, it's it's decided that oh, we need these parts, we need this part in particular, so let's let's I don't know, punch a hole in the fucking universe, I guess, and, <laughs> and find it. It's it's um it's really interesting and yeah, also quite tragic. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, just, I I do love how, like, the Doctor is interacting with it. Like, he, he sees her as a little girl, and then she's like... He sees her again as a little girl, and she's like, oh, that was months ago, man. Like, and the yeah. Doctor's like, what the fuck? And then we're equally kind of on the back foot with it all. I feel um, like he very much forms the basis of the 11th hour. Very 11th Doctor, Amy Pond... Yeah. Uh, sort of relationship going on at first. Obviously, they go off in incredibly different directions. Um... But but yeah, it was very very similar. I'd, I'd imagine this would have been in in Stephen Moffat's head when he was writing that. Definitely. Yeah, I I, I have a note that says this is a somewhat early version of the Doctor Amy Pond Raggedy Man and <clears throat> imaginary friend thing. Yeah, she even calls him her her imaginary friend. Yeah, so. that that was the moment when she said that, and I was like, oh, huh, hang on a minute. <laughs> so was it? This was Stephen Moffat then? Was it? This is Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you another. Where you. always writes bangers for me he does to be fair i mean i don't know i don't know quite a lot of his later work but where he shows up in this era as a writer he's often made like a lot of the best ones um i want to ask if there was a specific moment fairly early in the episode that reminded you of stuff that happened in season one that which we enjoyed if i give you a, a clue that being Oh, okay. Yes, I did think about this during the episode as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Stephen Moffat. Um yeah. The the ticking noise and the why why is it ticking? The whole horror sort of aspects of it. Um, yeah, very good. Very good. Very well done. It is good stuff. And we've got the sonic screwdriver lighting a candle <laughs> as it's fucking eight billion random use. <laughs> Well, why can't it light a candle? What is your vendetta with the Sonic, man? I don't have a problem with it. I just, I'm using this podcast as a nice platform to just air out every time it does something the Doctor probably could have just done with something. I mean, they're doing it in 18th century France. All right, but why would he... All right, but then he's just got to pull a lighter out of his pocket, walk across the room and light up a candle instead of just staying where he is, pointing his magic wand at it. And then fucking lighting the candle. I I I love how The Doctor has either got to pull out a lighter, go over there, put the lighter there, light it, or pull out his sonic screwdriver, go over there, point the sonic screwdriver at it. It's the same process. No, because he can stay where he is. He doesn't, though. He walks over to it. No, he doesn't. He he moves closer. Last week, you thought everyone was a maths teacher or whatever. Like... (laughs) (laughs) I think you're misremembering again. He stays where he is and lights the candle. One day we'll we'll rewatch it and we'll fi- we'll find out. We'll I'll find rewatch out. it now. No don't. <laughs> I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> there it is. Um I remember these do they get named these monsters? Yeah, they're the oh in the episode itself, I don't think so. No, but they are known as the the clockwork droids. The clockwork droids. I yeah. I love the design of them. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, yeah, and it because it's it's again it's kind of it's kind of similar to um, the empty child that kind of stuff because it's just using imagery from the time period they've gone to in a creepy way. Yeah. Um. Now that I'm looking at it, Stephen Moffat really has used all this stuff before, hasn't he? Nothing wrong with it. Use what works. I mean, yeah. I mean, write what you know, and if he knows it and it knows it works, Mm -hmm. then good. Um. But yeah, no, I love. I just that. That kind of jump scare shot of it grabbing at the sonic screwdriver, and then you see the little creepy buckled shoes. Yeah, that reminds you of like a little drummer boy type thing. And then like it pans up, and he's got a big creepy grin. Uh, yeah, just great design, creepy wigs. I don't know perfect. what you think of when you think of a drummer boy, but like those little those little creepy buckled shoes. Do you know, those shoes like are inherently creepy. I think they're creepy, I think they're proper weird. Like little wooden clog shoes. No wooden clog shoes. They are wooden clog shoes. Wooden clog shoes are like um uh like from the Netherlands and shit, man. They're a bit they're still a bit cloggy though. Yeah, they're just buckled shoes. I could have sworn they'll look a bit more blocky and cloggy. Like they look like they're like painted on shoes type things. Maybe I am wrong, but I don't know. I felt like they weren't just normal shoes. Because everyone else is wearing them shoes. Yeah, they just seem like shoes. I don't know. Cloggy and weird. And they were maths teachers. Um, (laughs) They weren't. They weren't. We proved that last week. There was no (laughs) mention of the word maths. That's true. Yeah, fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I really, really like that Mickey is kind of, like, he's doing the same kind of things that Rose was doing in, like, uh, early season one, where she's yeah. just, he's just walking around assuming stuff is cool things. Like, the, he thinks a fire extinguisher is an ice gun. Yeah. Or something, and the Doctor's like, no, it's fire. <laughs> just a normal fire extinguisher, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I feel like that makes this, it's what makes this show kind of quite, like, it's just inherently, like, silly and fun. You know how, like, Gavin and Stacey has a fun British humour to it? Yeah. I feel like that that's kind of what the this show is doing in those moments. What are your thoughts on Mickey and Rose during this episode? I am Look, they're nothing if not consistently confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz last that. week we we left that we left Rose's opinion at like the, you know, Sarah Jane saying "Why don't you let Mickey come with you?" and, and Rose is like, "Yeah, great. Yeah, fuck. Obviously hating the thought." Yeah. And in this episode for a large portion of it, or a large portion of their screen time to give it she's just like throwing her arms around him and being like, Now you're getting it. Welcome to the fucking SARDIS. Uh like... yeah, that's because this was uh filmed and written before that episode was. Ah, uh, so that'd be why then <laughs> so Was no one on set just like they Why they is didn't Mickey in this really no. Yeah. Well no, they, they knew they knew like the general plan that he was gonna come along and stuff. Um so why didn't they just? Why didn't? I mean, I, like, I obviously know that probably miscommunication happened somewhere, but why didn't they just make Rose like more passive about it? She didn't have to be jumping over the moon. Don't know. But like, she was. She was obviously pissed off. Don't know. I don't it. Yeah. No, that's fair. I look. I'm not expecting you to have all the answers. I didn't know that this was filmed after, though. Or before. I only, so. read, I only read that on like fucking a trivia section. So. Ah, well, there you are. Um, does this episode have somewhat of a a conversation about how young Madame de Pompadour is when the Doctor meets her? Uh, Lawrence, let's talk about this later. <laughs> okay. Right. I like that that's become our code now. <laughs> that's fair. Right, I'm I'm happy that you're at least going to admit it. <laughs> All I'm saying is, let's talk about it later. Not right now. (laughs) Because I want to talk about Arthur. Uh, I do like Arthur. Arthur is my favourite character in this episode. That's not true. But I do like Arthur. I like that the the Doctor now has a little horse following him around. Good bit of fun. I like to imagine it's the same horse in... um, the uh, the 50th anniversary special, which he rides out of the TARDIS on, good he bit does. of fun, yeah. Um, although that horse does then later turn into a Zygon, so maybe not. But <laughs> a, adds a whole <laughs> new layer to this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe not, but still, it could be. What? So uh, let's just talk about Arthur for a moment. The, the Doctor runs Arthur through glass, a uh, mirror. Glass? Yeah. It's what, it's what a mirror's made <laughs> Yeah, it's a mirror. That's nasty. What? Poor poor Arthur. That fucking must have hurt. No, he's alright. It's a glass. <laughs> he charged through it. shattered. Could yeah, have got in his eye. It's, it's fucking... It's TV logic. Everyone's jumping through windows and they're completely fine. I mean, True. But Arthur's not just everyone, Nathan. No, he's like four times stronger than a human. Yeah, but his eyes, his little delicate eyes. They're off to the side of his head. I'm just saying the doctor could have put his hands over him. No, his nose would have hit it first, so his eyes would be fine. Yeah, but horses, know they've got big sturdy noses, haven't they? Exactly. Yeah, but then what if it ricocheted into his eyes? Well, it didn't, did it? Well, no, but I'm just saying it could have done, and I don't think the doctor was being very careful, like... Why didn't he just pre-smash the mirror and then just jump down? Because it wouldn't have been as dramatic. <laughs> it might have looked better. Would we'll we'll go- it? <laughs> we'll get to the dated CG later, because oh, this episode's great, apart hey, from that one of no- things. There is no way you're talking about dated CG when your favourite episode of Doctor <laughs> Who is fucking school reunion. I didn't say it's my favourite. <laughs> well, it is so far. I referenced it in that episode. I have to talk about it in this <laughs> one as well. <laughs> um, we got a nice um... this. This episode looks great, by the way, is like this? This comes from the uh, the Bad Wolf School of just looking better than most of the other episodes. Yeah, that's fair. It does look quite yeah. nice. Um, I think so... the trick is filming inside a studio, or or, or something like that, because whenever they're like, they're like on locations, like in the school or in the streets or whatever, looks like shit. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe there's a difference in, like, the cameras that they can bring into space. The lighting, possibly, as well. Yeah. Would have quite Yeah, because you you have to assume that they would have... Back in this day, the BBC would have had to have been fucking in and out on big sets like that. Mm, yeah. Uh, who knows? Yeah. No, I see, I see that. Yeah, no, I, I, I do like the ones that are kind of more self-contained like this. And I think this episode Um, had a note on it later, but it's a good point to kind of get into now. It does a really good job of managing, like the budget limitations like with hiding them in a cool concept like the fact that just this big 18th century red curtain is the doorway between one alien spaceship set and like i feel like if this was done in like doctor who era now they'd like it would be like a little teleport effect that took them down to a another space whereas in this one they just they're just not concerned with showing yeah no it's a curtain separating these two sets and they're both obviously kind of like schlocky sets <laughs> that we've built i don't think they're schlocky i think the spaceship's a bit schlocky i yeah. think the um the like the palace is i think it i think it must have been like some actual kind of like stately home or some shit some some posh place in wales i don't know it's almost certainly some manor house that they've rented for the for like two yeah. weeks or something, isn't it? Yeah, I do know that the horse wasn't allowed in the ballroom, which is why like they they shot the sequence of it like bursting through the mirror and then it just wasn't seen again after that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in the background of any of it, was it? <laughs> yeah. Like the shots with him on the horse where he was like, "Oh, I'm the lord of time" or whatever, that was like filmed somewhere else and then stitched together, I believe. Um, okay. So yeah. So there is a bit more digital trickery that they hid quite well then. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not all fucking badly animated eyes and cameras or whatever, so... <laughs> that was bad. Um, I I do like the kind of the ominous... What mm. happens to all the crew and the people and the droids are like... Uh, we, we did not have we, the parts. Yeah, we didn't have the parts, that's it. And it's yeah. just the... Again, the repetition of it. Until yeah. Until it finally clocks, it's... I feel. I feel like that's a, a, a kind of a bit of, tro- of a trope with maybe Moffat, but maybe just Doctor Who in general, which um, which worked like even even had it last week with ridiculous, but the fucking we were in a car with K nine and the fucking yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Other uses. I'm 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 thinking the Polish guy that goes. I came here to work. I came here to work over and over. Yes. 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 I don't know who um, wrote that episode off the top of my head. But yes, well, I, th- I think it is just a Doctor Who thing because it does happen. Yeah, it, do- it does come up quite a bit, but it's effective though. It's yeah, I li- I like the penny dropping moment. So, <laughs> do you reckon it's like at any point in the writers' room they're like, right, we've met, we- we've hit our like forty forty three to two minute window. Now the mm-hmm. BBC's asking me if it can be about, fl- fl- I don't know, like thirty seconds to a minute longer. It's like right, let's just get them to repeat that line a few times and we'll delay David Tennant's reaction. That'll yeah, be a probably. way to do it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Although there um, was a um deleted a set of deleted scenes in this episode which involve a like a a mean groundskeeper or whatever from the Versailles Paris uh wandering into the spaceship looking for Arthur and he's talking <laughs> about how he's gonna like beat that horse or whatever when he finds him. Um, right, and, uh, and I think he gets stuck there at the end. So, oh, just a really I uplifting ending those, for him. Yeah, I remember watching those on the DVD when I was a kid. Um, but but yeah, they uh, they exist. You probably watch them on YouTube. Is it? Would we say that's canon? No, because no. that's if a very, deleted, very sad ending. If it's deleted, it's not canon, and I would prefer that because I much prefer the ending we have to this episode. I mean, um, yeah, it's a bit so, more emotionally effective than a groundskeeper walking around going, "Where's my horse?" Yeah, look, if if you can't, we can't start saying deleted scenes are canon because that goes into all kinds of fucking sticky situations. There's alternate scenes, so then you have to be like, "Well, which one is it?" Well, it's obviously the one in the episode, but then there's there's a fucking there's a deleted scene from um, uh what's the series four finale called? Is it Journey's End? Uh, yeah, I think I want to yeah, say. Yeah, Journey's end. Um, yeah. Where on the where on the alternate Earth, the Doctor gives the Doctor and Rose a a chunk of Tardis to grow, so they can grow their own Tardis and have oh, that's their own adventures. Terrible. Yeah. What did he? Do? How did they do that? Did he just pull out a bit of Tardis? Literally, just pulled it out of his pocket. But it's like a plant, isn't it? Because the Tardis is organic. So it's oh, that's like, true. Yeah. So he's like, Junk chunk of TARDIS. <laughs> didn't just smash a chip off his fucking door. No, he didn't just like get a hammer out and then just break a bit away or whatever. <laughs> In season six, the TARDIS would have had something to say about that. <laughs> she would. She would not have been happy. Oh, I'm um, glad that's cut. That is a fucking terrible thing yeah. to include. Yeah, definitely the right decision to cut that, I think. Uh, so no, deleted scenes are definitely not canon. And for the better, because they were deleted for a reason. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's always true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, by the very nature of what they are, yeah. Um, I, I really, really, really like the scene. Um, where, um, and I, 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 I this is kind of where I see the love argument. Um, more so, I very much enjoy the scene where the Doctor looks into her mind and she's able to look back into his. Um, with the whole like you know, once a door is opened, it can be walk through both ways yeah yeah Yeah. i think that's that's really nice i like that. there's a moment in that where like you can see in the doctor's face the second that she starts to know more the second that he realizes that she has insight about him and who he is without him giving it to her he's like immediately more like wary yeah he just shows the the doctor is still not ready and he just pushes people away from him yeah he's definitely on the back foot like immediately when that happens um, mm. yeah I, I really like that scene too I like the the intimacy of it um, uh, good chemistry between Sophia Miles and David Tennant they actually started mm. dating after this for a little while she started um, what? they started dating for a little while after this is, so. is that what I know of? I know that people she's quite prolific in the Doctor Who world for considering she's only been in one episode is that why? Sophia Miles? yeah or is that that's who plays Madame Miles. de Pompadour Yeah, Lady Penelope herself. Yeah, right. So is that... What... Is that why she's quite... Because I I remember there being some sort of buzz around her online. But I don't quite know if it was just that. Uh, I think she might not be a great person in terms of... Uh views on certain topics and stuff maybe i saw negative buzz <laughs> yeah, maybe oh that's no maybe. Good. I I but, but maybe good i'm person. wrong but maybe i'm wrong on that i don't know for certain let me just do a quick twitter search yeah uh, like otherwise we're just horrifically slandering this poor yeah woman. i actually don't want to just slander her for no reason uh okay yeah no sophia miles has made comments on twitter today claiming that noel clark is a victim of cancel culture um, yeah, <laughs> in the bin <laughs> mm. yep that's no good <laughs> yeah. Noel Ooh. Clark by all accounts that are to be believed is a terrible terrible person yes indeed um, oh yuck yeah so there we go cancelled has anyone else like come out about that from this era of Doctor Who all the Noel Clark stuff I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Um, yeah fair <laughs> because I know we always we always we don't really often talk about it we just often say we like Mickey we like Mickey yes we do like Mickey and we'll uh, leave it at that yeah Rose certainly doesn't anyway um... I don't know in answer to that question I don't know <laughs> maybe. maybe let's put a big fat pin um, no in... let's not let's just leave it and let it fall <laughs> So right am i am i understanding this right that no <laughs> that she is they're waiting until madame de pompadour is 37 years old yes because the ship is 37 years old yes and that is the correct time to like get the right sinkage with the brain yeah. they basically want sophia Ma's brain to be like i guess the master computer for the ship or whatever right. And because the ship is 37 years old, the ship is called Madame, the SS Madame de Pompadour. The uh, uh, the current ship computer or whatever has just gotten confused and gone, well, that's obviously what we need because mm-hmm. that's what it's designed to do. It's designed, the doctor says it's, it's not necessarily their fault. It's just they're designed to fix the ship by any means necessary. It's what they're programmed to do. Um, and so to them, fixing it by any means necessary means getting madame de pompadour's brain right yeah it, it, it's a good it's well written isn't it it's really fair. well written yeah i like it it's a good kind of like this isn't really a a lot of doctor who stuff you can pin down to like there's probably a movie 20 years ago that had a similar kind of thing going on to a degree yeah at least if, if you're taking it if you're looking at only the bangers Right, every now and again they'll have copied something, but this I've, I don't feel like I've seen something like this before at all in any sci fi capacity. Um, maybe, no. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe, maybe like human parts being used for stuff, but not to this, like not this specifically. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Was she, real? Was she a real is... person? Yeah, she, yeah, she was massively, yeah, she's a big historical <laughs> figure. I don't Adam know Pompadour. anything about her. Yeah, big, uh big uh, French aristocrat, basically, someone of nobility. Um, died before, it's probably good that she did die when she did, otherwise. She- Hiring for your small business? If
0: you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: She would have been dragged from the palace and had her head struck from her body. So she Giva was really giving La it to the revolution. She was what? She was really giving it to the king and everything. She was giving it to the king, yeah. She was his mistress. Ooh. Yeah. Um I wanna get back to that, the whole mistress thing, cause Uh something I thought of while watching it. Sure. But before that, um I again with the um just the whole kind of concept and theme of the episode. And I think this is why I enjoy Stephen Moffat's writing so much. And I think why his era as a whole appeals to me more than this era, because he really plays um, with the idea of time and that Doctor Who is a time travel show. And he uses that massively to his advantage in Mm. that if you have the ability to jump through time, use that in the writing, and he does take advantage of that. And a lot of his episodes do have kind of similar aspects about this, the the almost tragedy and, the, and, the, and what can go wrong with time travel and that kind of stuff like this. Um, and it's used to great effect, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's why I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, to be fair, I've never really heard that kind of levied against Russell, but it is true that he often... He sets stuff in the past, but he often doesn't really yeah. explore what the differences I mean, you have, would be. If you have the ability to, to time travel, sure, you can land in one place and then have an adventure there. But then you can also have the adventure be about time travel and yeah. use, and see how that works in a storyline and what can happen if you mess with it and that type of stuff. So, <laughs> If I was the Doctor, whenever I landed in the past, I would simply find out the name of someone that was there. Go yeah. forward a year in time, find them, and go. How did I fix that again? How? Did, what did I do? How did I solve that problem? Well, he can't, Lawrence. <laughs> well, he there can't. there are rules. So why can't he just use the Tardis in this one again? He does say. Because, um, I don't know some bullshit rule. It'd be it'd be so We can't just do that, Mickey. It's oh, part wait. of the. Wait, no, he can't. Why would he use the Tardis? To, I don't know he's on a ship full of windows walk through them yeah but the windows are kind of like inconveniently placed aren't they yeah but he's not you who if you have to do anything for more than five minutes you're like no absolutely not (laughs) no that's not true (laughs) it is true (laughs) no I'm just saying if I had a time machine I'd probably be like yeah I know you would (laughs) again he's not you (laughs) that's fair (laughs) um the we get the return of Rose. Um, uh, this is not a segment, but if it was right. a segment, it would be called it would be called Rose and the Regulars. Rose and the Regulars that sounds like a band, kind of. What it is does, this? it basically it refers to when the Doctor is not around and Rose gets to speak to, and it usually is a woman, just about the scenario. All right. So we get that in. Um, there's some Harriet moments. We get. Uh, that with uh, the woman in The Empty Child, the one who ends up being the kid's mum. Yeah. Um, Where she's like, by the way, we win. And she's like, what, really? She's like, yeah, don't worry. Don't tell anyone I said that. Um, yeah. And then in this one, you get uh, just a, lo- a really, really lovely scene. Also of... in The Unquite Dead. Huh? Also in The Unquite Dead. What? Uh, when is it? Oh, the Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, Gweneth. Yeah, Sophie <laughs> Miles, not to be confused with Sophia Miles. That's very true. Yeah. Um, Eve Miles? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, you're right. I'm I was right. just thinking, I was like, hey, I'm working on what? Yeah, no, I guess, yeah. Who's Sophia? Sophia's this person. Who's Sophie then? I don't know. I think I've just mixed that up in my head. Fair. What I've done is I've just taken Miles and then I've just gone, oh, you're both called Sophie Miles. But, Perfect job done. Yeah, not the case. <laughs> but no, what do you what do you make of that mm-hmm. scene? Because it's quite nice. Uh, what scene? Sorry, I was I was thinking about Miles. <laughs> Still um, thinking about Eve Miles. No. The the scene where Rose gets to speak to Madame de Pompadour, kind of before the big showdown. Ah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's a it's a nice little. It's not the, my favorite part of the episode. It's it's fine. I do like the moment where she goes into the spaceship and has a look for herself at. Uh, uh, what she thinks is the Doctor's world or what she considers it to be and immediately like cold metal. Mm. Not ni- not a nice place to be. I don't like it at all. Um, yeah, I enjoy that. Um, the the whole part with Rose is just, I don't know. It is what it is. Absolutely I guess just... it's more, it's more, we both love the Doctor, don't we? Well, we? We both love this man. Yeah, but I think she comes, I think it's a nice difference between them because like earlier on in the episode madame de pompadour is kind of impulsive and a bit more like you know happy go lucky and at this point she's i mean i suppose she's what she's just shy of five years shy of 37 so that puts her yeah so she's 32 and she's got a 19 year old come in to tell her about all of this shit that she can't understand i just like the nature of she she says like listen child or something to rose Mm, and it's quite a nice like Shush a minute, yeah. Like, and then also, I think there's a nice element of it where she's like, I think she probably realizes that Rose is in a position that she's not gonna get to be in, um, or that maybe she wouldn't choose. Uh, and there's the lovely, the lovely, lovely line about how she'd take like a lifetime of demons for an angel. Yeah, yeah, good one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, no, I just think it's nice. I think it's, I think it's a a a cool scene, a nice nice moment for them. There's a scene where the Doctor, Mickey, Rose, and Arthur are um, looking through a window um, and seeing the first meeting of, uh, uh, Renette, Madame de Pompadour, and the King of France, and there, and then the Doctor's explaining how like he becomes her official mistress. He gets his own, she gets her own room at the palace, uh, all this sort of stuff. Fun little dig at Camilla, which I enjoy. I'm always yeah. down for that kind of stuff. Um fucker. Um uh, very, yes. very prominent for this episode as well. Yeah. Like look at the timing on that. Yeah, actually. You're not <laughs> wrong. Yeah. <laughs> hey, she, she got the crown in the end. Right, didn't the mit- she? the mistress's <laughs> win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um what was I saying? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I when I was watching that I couldn't help but think about the the parallels of what was going on there, and I think like th- this whole situation is this not just uh, a different version of the Doctor Rose and Mickey? Is is the Doctor mm. not Madame de Pompadour? Is he not Rose's mistress? I mean, I guess so. And, <laughs> like and Rose. Rose has her own room in the Tardis. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, so, so, so who, would, who would be who in the scenario? Would Mickey be the king? No, 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 Rose is the king. Rose, Rose is, is the king. king? Yeah, Rose is the king. Mickey is the, the queen, the, the king's wife. Um, oh, yes. And the doctor is Madame de Pompadour, the mistress. Fucking know. yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, I, I wonder if... I don't know if it was ever intentional, if it was ever something, but... I don't know. I just noticed a, a little bit of a parallel there. Going I'd be on. keen to watch it back with that perspective, like cause I'm sure there's maybe moments where they're framed similarly or something <laughs> I don't know. that that might speak to that. Oh, yeah. that's interest. Oh, that's interesting though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty accurate when you think about it. <laughs> something to think about. That's all I'm saying. I'm little little saying is for certain either way. I'm just something to chew on, you know. Yeah. Mm. Steve, Steve, Big Steve Moffat will take the credit for that if, you, if, if he sees it floating about. Yeah, it's fair. Can have so it. we, we said it first. <laughs> well, no, he probably said it for 17 nah. years ago when he wrote it. <laughs> no, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's lucky that we're here to clean up his work for him. Uh, Okay. <laughs> um. Well, um. Very sad ending, I think. Um. Yeah. Pretty. That letter kind of hits like a gut punch, doesn't it? He really does it it really does I think one of the the saddest parts of the episode is like he's got the the fireplace up and working he can realize he realizes he can get back to the spaceship and then um he's he's so excited he's like, "Wish me luck and then he just clicks the button on the thing and she just says "No and then his face just drops and yeah. you just see the the heartbreaking realization on it just a oh awful moment but good but but emotionally awful. Is- is interestingly done as well because yeah he's literally swinging off into his other life yeah ready she, to leave her behind really yeah and she just she just doesn't have the time for it there's something really i don't know if it maybe necessarily nails it completely but there's something really nice to this that there's something really nice that this episode is saying about how like try as he might the doctor will never be content with the slow path mm. and 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 you know sometimes he's going to meet people that although yes have that initial excitement as to like what's on those stars out there that they look up in the sky and see but they get a taste for it and they're not excited by it they're horrified by it more so than anything else um and i yeah i just i love that it kind of it it touches on that again it just i mean the episode isn't shy about calling him like the lonely doctor a hundred times um but it's just very very interesting to see that it's you know like yeah he just can't not everyone can be whisked away in the TARDIS, and yep. that's unfortunately the life that the Doctor leads, and he'll never really change. Um, he does, he does try though. He tells her to to go pick out a star to to get ready for their mm. their little trip, their little adventure together. But unfortunately, it's just not meant to be. Don't get yeah. that. So, so yeah. So so what so the what what happens? So the Doctor fucks off, he speaks to her in the fireplace, and then by the time he comes back, what is it? How, wh- why has the time moved on then? What's happened there? Just because that's the the way the dilation works, it's not a, you know, it's not linear. Unfortunately, it's well, it is linear, but it's just quicker on that side. So, yeah. a few seconds is like a few bum days. Uh, apart from when they're talking to each other through the fireplace, I don't know how that works, but <laughs> like <laughs> that will be there's definitely some sort of crack at the center of that of that yes. doorway which allows slight delay and blah blah blah. Yeah, whatever well, they need to say. Look, I don't care. Um, yeah, but, but but yeah, it's just the time dilation. It's you know, like when he first sees her, she's it's, it's she's in her room at night, and then he goes through the fireplace, and she's like, "Oh, that was it was months ago. What are you doing here?" And that sort yeah. of stuff. And then the next time he sees her, it's been like fucking ten years or some shit. So yeah, no, it's it's a very very sad ending. Um, mm. you kind of the the. I do find it quite gut wrenching that th- there's the big moment of like the doctor walks back in and he's just so obviously somber and not yeah happy and Mickey catches it and is like come on Rose show me around this big fucking TARDIS yeah show me around this place let's let's leave this room with no doors apart from the main doors and then
2: <laughs> no you know you like know that.
1: the TARDIS rules at this point in the show Nathan is if you walk off camera you can be you can leave. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. As long as All the right. camera never sees you leave. I'm sure the the doors are on the the other side of the set, which doesn't have a wall. Yes. So, uh, yeah. they and uh, it has it only has walls in some extended CG shots. Ah, uh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. My you bad. See, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awful design. Um. Uh, what Was I gonna say? Um. Yeah. No. For, and then the the saddest part of the episode really is. Is the end? Just those those few closing seconds. The the slow shot of the TARDIS dematerializing, The the music, Mary Gold's great theme. The slow piano keys, and then you see just the portrait of, um, of Madame de Pompadour, and then it pulls back to reveal that all the time, to- all along, the ship was called Madame de Pompadour, mm. just so you know exactly why all this shit was going down, why you were there, because the Doctor does not know. He leaves this episode having not a fucking clue why it was her, yeah. and that actually comes back later down the line where he's uh, in a Peter Capaldi episode. Um, oh, does it? Yeah, yeah, his first episode actually. Yeah. Um, what like it, it's that's that's episode is referenced. What what's said? Yeah, yeah. So it's the same kind of uh, villain, kind of like a clockwork droid, like repairing himself with human parts. And that type of stuff, and he's like, "This is all really familiar. Like, I've, 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 this is, I can't remember where, but I've, I've done this kind of shit before." Um, And then during like the final confrontation, there's like a plaque in the room, which is like a restaurant or something, and it it says something about Madame de Pompadour, and he, and he's like, "Madame de Pompadour again? This sounds familiar." No, can't remember it. Don't know. Um, Oh no! Really? Yeah. It's even sadder now. Yeah, fuck <laughs> <laughs> it uh, um, Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I'm. I've. I've not been enormously. T- I. I. I know. I started this episode saying this is a good episode. <laughs> like, I. I like it. I, I. still don't know if it's like all time banger for me. Well, um, how would you feel if I told you there was a sequel of sorts to this? Yes. I would certainly, for the sake of the podcast, be very interested to hear about said sequel. Not necessarily a sequel, just a um, a little additional, uh, little nugget, basically. What beyond the the peak party? So, well, yeah, yeah, different from the peak party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. T- tell me about the yeah. nug. Um, oh, say that. Um, nugget. So, yeah, I know. It just sounds weird. Um. So, are you aware, do you know what Doctor Who lockdown is? I have what's... never heard of that in my life. <sighs> really? Yeah, genuinely. Okay, so do you remember... Um, the Wait, year... is it the magazine? No. Then no, I don't know what this is. That's called Doctor Who magazine. Now, nah, in retrospect, that seems kind of <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> okay. Do you remember um, the year in which we all have collective PTSD and trauma from, aka yeah. 2020? I was just about to make a joke about is it some sort of pandemic Doctor Who thing? Apparently it yes. is. Yes. It is. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so during the uh, the lockdowns here in the UK, um, Emily Cook, who I believe works for or worked for Doctor Who magazine. Um, and is also just a lifelong fan of Doctor who um she organized a series of lockdown watch alongs where like okay. fans of Doctor Who uh would all like watch some past episodes over yeah, and over Twitter they just watch along tweet along this got quite a big... big right with a it got of very big joining in. it got so big that it actually led to Russell T Davies coming back to Doctor Who this is the exact reason why Russell is coming back? Was was Dr. this Who. the thing where because they got Catherine Tate, uh, David uh, David Capaldi, David they Tennant, got, and him? They and got and pretty they... much everyone to do a tweet along to Levy, the the two part series four finale. Yeah, yeah, but then but then afterwards weren't they all saying like, oh that but that was fun. That'd be cool if we could go and do that again. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and that's what Hacking led to hell. what we have now. So we have Emily Cook to thank for. <laughs> For all of this. So COVID was worth it. <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> so I, wouldn't, what's the I wouldn't go that far. Um so during these um lockdowns, um d- during these um little watch alongs, um some of the people involved in the the show um would want to contribute and they'd want to um, create and release just a fun little thing, just something extra. Um and Stephen Moffat wrote um, a little additional scene, um, which then Sophia Miles recorded some dialogue for, and then there was some music put to it, and uh, this is what we have. And I can play it for you now if you'd like. Oh, like. please! So here we go. This is called Doctor Who Lockdown Pompadour. I'm just stealing content here, but fuck that's it. fine. We're no fine one now. actually officially own. the BBC. Well, the BBC don't actually officially own this anyway, so fuck them.
2: You are so quiet, my love. If I could see your face more clearly, I should know if you were cross. Are you cross, my lonely angel? sigh is silent now. I have often complained of the ceaseless chatter, but I fear I have come to miss it. What has become of all the merry chatter? Where are all the people? Why are you so quiet, Doctor? In the many years I waited for you, I imagined we would talk the night away, you and I. And yet, the dark remains, and you are silent. Why can't I see your face, Doctor? I have been assailed by a dream of late, and yet not precisely a dream. I have thoughts in the dark which trouble me. Those clockwork monsters who came to take my head. You told me once that they were in the habit of making portraits of my mind. I believe you said they were scanning my brain. But then you always had such a comical turn of phrase. I took your words to mean that they had made a catalogue of my thoughts and memories and stored them for safekeeping in something I think you called a computer. A computer inside a vessel lost in a distant void. The idea makes me shiver. This computer, Doctor, full of my thoughts and memories and secrets. Might it not in time come to mistake itself for me? I fear for this computer creature, Doctor, abandoned in infinite silence. I am prone to loneliness. Perhaps it will share my weakness. I look to you for comfort, but I cannot see you. Why can't I see you? Why is it so quiet, Doctor? Why can't I feel the breath in my lungs Or the air stirring on my skin Where am I, Doctor?
1: Where am I, Doctor? Where am I? So, if the original ending wasn't already heartbreaking enough for you
2: (sighs) Yeah, I'm not going to sleep
1: tonight, thanks (laughs) There you go, yeah Good bit of fun well, is it is it fun? <laughs> it's more just absolutely fucking horrifying. More great writing from Stephen, I think. I mean, um, yeah, that's absolutely lovely. But yeah, so there turns out the whole the scanning her memories and stuff, scanning her brain over the years, they've collected that, um, and now there's a artificial version of her on the ship, just trapped, wondering what the fuck is going on and shit. Yeah, I'm not keen on that. Like, yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely Amazing. brilliant, but fucking very <laughs> sad and now very scary. Yeah. I think it's scary, but it's... it's scary to think not. about happening to me. Well, yeah, just don't <laughs> become a spaceship like or whatever. I mean, yeah, but I, mean, the, I won't. <laughs> the odds of a spaceship being named after you are very low, though, so... I don't know, once they hear this podcast... <sighs> uh, even then i think i'm the more likely contender well why not both of us because i demand it oh okay fair they'll listen and the worst thing is they'll listen to this now and then they'll take that yeah they'll take your demands nathan do we or do we not have a fun segment maybe maybe
0: not we're the way
1: Weirdo of the week is everyone's favourite segment of the week where we uh, take a look at some of the weird and wonderful and grubby little characters who come across our TV screens as we re-watch this wonderful little show that is Docky Who. We'd like to take a moment to reflect and think on them. So, Lawrence, who is your weirdo of this particular week? My weirdo this week is none other than the King of France himself. The King of of France indeed Uh, King Louis King Louis himself uh, I find it very be confused (laughs) with King Louis which I think is the name of the uh, one of the apes in Jungle Book is he the one who's like Ooby Doo I wanna be like you I could not tell you I wanna walk like you talk like you Ooh, 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 ooh. And then was played by um, in the uh, the live action version. What's his name? Um, I don't fucking know his name. The guy with the voice who everyone does an impression of. Um, Nathan it's Lane. It's like the number one impression that everyone does. Heath Ledger? No, 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 no. What's Nathan his name? Lane? No, no. Like you Rob, think of an impression, you'll do Robin one of his Williams. Guy. No, because it's got like a very unique way of speaking. Christopher Walken? Yes. Um wait, no no no, not Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken's um wait, which one's Christopher Walken? Is is he the one Yeah, Christopher Walken's the one that's like, "Hello, Nathan." Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking of Christoph Waltz, Yeah, Christopher Walken. It is that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He's like uh obi dull, I want to yeah. be like yo ho ho. I want to like made you. fun of people that will do that impression. And then I did it. I am um, <laughs> the very thing. Uh, I hate. Anyway, who's your weirdo? The King of France. The King of France, King Louis, but not the Christopher Walken one. Um, yes. He, yeah, I just find it very, very strange that the doctor comes in. There's a very solemn atmosphere going on, but he still finds time for a bit of casual sexism, just thrown in. Um, him saying to the doctor, "Oh, you know, um, she was all, she always wondered when she could see you." Then he like looks at him like a lad would, and is like. You know, you know like you know what women are like. And it just like <laughs> rolls his eyes and the doctor's like, Yeah, I'm grieving, man. This is kind of sad. <laughs> Look, um I I enjoy we I enjoy Weirdo of the Week. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you can lie during it though, Lawrence. He that doesn't happens. go He doesn't go, Oh, you know what women are like, and then it, rolls his eyes. It's hard to he says he says, "You know how women get," while still looking extremely somber and very sad about it. I don't know. I think he takes the moment. I think yeah. he takes the moment for a little little lad point. <laughs> okay. I think. I I think, he, I think he incorrectly acknowledges <laughs> the doctor is like one of his sort. I, I disagree, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's your winner of the week? Since you're so special and cool. Oh, for fuck's... Now, Don't try to kid me, man. Come, I'll make a deal with you. This is him singing.
0: What I desire this, no red fire to make my dream come true. Now give me the secret, man. Come, come on, Tell me what to do. Give me the power of man's red flower so I can be like you. Oh, what will we do?
1: Oh, I, I don't like, like this.
2: You. <laughs> I want to walk like you. Talk like you do. Oh I don't I'm not a fan of this at
1: all. Yeah, it's not a good movie. The uh Andy Circus version was much better. Oh there um, was two jungle books, weren't there? Yeah. But um Andy Circus's version was called um Red Cloth Boy. No, Mowgli. Just called Mowgli. Right. I think. Um and it, it was so much better. It was really good. Um I liked that version quite a bit. Um podcast. Um not this podcast. Um, how weird to break up the Doctor Who rewatch really with Mowgli. <laughs> My, um, uh, what are we doing? Weirdo of the week. week. You said My weirdo of the week, Lawrence, is the Doctor himself. <laughs> Pedophile. Look, hey, <laughs> let's not throw around the term and accusations willy nilly, okay? Yeah. But <laughs> that being said. He does visit a uh, a young child in her bedroom twice, um, and then probably two minutes later, he sees the same woman as a uh, on, on the cusp of adulthood, who's she's grown up quite a bit considerably now, um, and he's immediately like, "Goodness, how you've grown, Renette!" Um, and then they kiss. Um, look, I'm not saying anything in particular. I'm just saying a little bit odd. It's a bit all. suspicious, that. It's, look, I think some hard drives might need to be looked at. Check for the TARDIS fucking... <laughs> Check files. the TARDIS mainframe. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why the doctor knocked Rose out when she saw her into the heart of the TARDIS, because she actually saw all his hard drives. I don't like this joke. <laughs> um, yes, look. Wait, is it weirder that technically the doctor also was, like, watching her through windows waiting for her to grow up? Well, no, he wasn't though, was he? Big grooming he- <laughs> uncomfortable. That's all I'm gonna say. I take I'm you gonna leave- a trip in my time. I'm is. gonna leave this <laughs> segment here. okay? <laughs> draw your own conclusions. I'm just simply pointing out a weirdo for this week. All that's you all. are is a man stating facts. I will sit on the fence like there's no tomorrow. okay. <laughs> I Last... Last... will sit on the fence, much like the Labour Party will. Yeah. Oh, um, really, they really—they love it. They love. They're yeah. Comfy, right up there. Well, actually, most of the time they just go on the other side of the fence now. But hey, that's I a, mean, yeah. That's what's Labour story. for if not to just completely agree with the Tories on almost everything? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. they love that for us. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, then you can go and listen to more. We have done the whole of season one. We've done up to this point in season two, uh, and we are working through them every single week. They go up Mondays at ten am, uh, and they can all. You can also, if you're if you're dead keen and you're in the Doctor Who spirit, you can give us a little review and share this with your Hoovian friends, who I'm sure are keen for more Doctor Who discourse because there is certainly not enough online. Uh, Nathan, how would they give us a review? I don't know the process. Neither do I, Lawrence. You'll have to tell them. Oh, damn. Well, it you know, as it turns out, I do know the process. Well, please, Lawrence, tell us about it while I play some soothing music. Okay, well, as long as you're playing soothing music. Um, basically, what you can do is you can go to your podcast uh, provider of choice, and I'm sure they'll have some sort of system where you can leave us some feedback, uh, be it that in a form of some stars, perhaps, or a 1 out of 10 rating, who knows? We would very much appreciate the top rating of that if you think we have achieved said entertainment value for you. That would be ideal for us, as it helps just push the podcast out and and more Hoovians can get get on board our little metaphorical TARDIS journey that we're going on here. Uh, What else do I normally say? Oh, we're on Twitter. You can go follow us on Twitter. We are at Still Got Legs Pod. Uh, where we're having Wizzo conversations, uh, but Elon Musk is ruining that website more and more every day, so we kind of stopped <laughs> those Wizzo conversations. But still follow us. Yeah, still follow us. Uh, that's where we post our little episodes when they go out, so you will never miss a single drop from us. I had fun today. I didn't. Uh, you can also listen to another Happy Pod, our... Uh, our oh, I don't want to say our main podcast, but... Podcast podcast uh yeah the one we've been doing for longer than this where we talk about movies comics tv shows whatever else is going on um and we just discuss something different each and every week where we're doing the matrix right now where we uh every week in may we'll talk about a different matrix movie maybe in order maybe not who knows maybe we'll just say fuck it and just go uh somewhere different with it so so come and join us for that it's a good bit of fun Um, See you next week when we're talking about Parallel Earths and the cyberbussies themselves. I love Doctor Who.